You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Springtime is in the air. Summer is right around the corner. Mm. Where we are here in the state of Texas, it's heating up. It's heating up. It's felt like summer for a long time with the kids being home from school anyway, but true. nice to have good weather and they that love to play outside. true. And our hope is that wherever you are in the SMR nation, uh, wherever you call home, that uh, you're finding times for sunshine and family and mm-hmm. fun and marriage all that that entails mm-hmm. take advantage of the time that you've got because it is um this could be a real sacred time you can steal and i actually just read a story about uh from a mom that's a working mom and now that she's working from home she's talking about how she's just trying to capture every moment she can right because it's it's golden time in a sense that man a lot of times the world doesn't offer this kind of options yeah, I'm right <laughs> and there opportunity with her. i like it <laughs> well this is sexy marriage radio we're so glad that you're joining us each and every week. Uh, we want to hear from you with what's on your mind and what questions that you may have. You can give us a call at 214-702-9565. Leave us a voicemail with whatever question you've got, because if you've got a question that you don't know where to ask it, because maybe your dinner table or life group or family of origin isn't a place that you can ask these kinds of questions, we will answer them. And we want to hear what's on your mind. Yep, love it. If you don't want to call us in, which call in and leave in a voicemail puts you at the front of the line. But if you don't want to call in, you can send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And another little caveat, you can record the call or you can record your message on your phone and then email it to us if you don't want to call the number. That's good, too. And you can still tweak the voice in that, too, I, right? We can we cover... We can tweak it so it doesn't sound yep. like you... If you are worried about being recognized uh, with your voice... On the air, all you got to do is say, hey, please disguise my voice, and I will easily do that and make it so that you won't even know that you asked that question. There you go. Actually, you probably would. You would know. But <laughs> Today's episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you in part by BetterHelp. Find help in the comfort of your own home where it matches you with the therapist that fits what your need is. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash SMR today. Today's episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you in part by Beachbody. An on-demand, in-your-own-home workout service. Text SMR to 303030 to get access totally free. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, Pamela. Yes. Was a conversation I had with Peggy Orenstein, mm-hmm. who is a journalist that has done a quite a bit of work and just some research in society and culture and trends and specifically we got her on this on the show with us because she has two different books out Uh, she's got more than that but she's got two different books out one's called girls and sex okay and the other is called boys and sex where she's gone and sought out um roughly around a hundred of each gender in the teenage and young adult and age bracket and just asked them and had conversations with them about what are the contradictions that you face growing up in with sex and sexuality what you've been taught what you haven't been taught what your questions are so it's just 
asking them at that point in time. It's not a f- research that's following someone as they get older. And no, she into was a relationship. Just, yeah, she okay. was just fascinated. She's been studying girls and sex for uh, decades. And then just recently, her most recent book is Boys and Sex. And so she kind of realized, uh, we got to go start having these conversations with the boys too. Right, sure. Because what she found is that there's a lot of information that's that we think is helping, but society is going counter to it hmm. in some regards. And so this was a conversation where we just wanted to have, you know, she and I just kind of went down the whole route of us as parents. What are we teaching our kids? What conversations are we having? But then also secondarily, how has this kind of path for ourselves impacted our current situations as married people or adults having sex uh, that in makes a relationship. Sense. That makes sense. Looking at how you got to where you are based off of the message that was given to you. Right. And and so Helps this you was... cope with it better, maybe. Yeah. This was such a fun conversation that it, it was <laughs> one of those, I'll be honest, going into it, I did a bunch of prep and, and it was digging mm-hmm. into where it was and I hadn't, I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go. And after it was done, I was like, I want to keep talking. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is, I'm going to get Peggy back on again because... Um, assuming the SMR nation sees, <laughs> reaps sees the benefit value. Mm-hmm. and the value that I see in it, um, it was such a good conversation. Good. And then coming up on today's extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there is no ads, Peggy and I are continuing the conversation, but specifically we get into um, some studies that have been done that look at the society and sexuality in the western United, in the western area, which would be the United States, mm-hmm. and um, Holland is where they went and did some research based on how is how is that subject being approached there versus here, and it turns out which is a kind of more open environment. It is, okay. and it's much more supportive and open is is what gotcha. kind of turns out because it, what it what it really has shown is here in America um, there's a lot of fear based teaching going Mm -hmm. on and in holland the results were quite strikingly different Hmm. and we unpack that a little bit more and then just talking about what does that really mean how does that apply right and are we as parents doing enough right with our kids since most of our audience is here in the states right so all that's coming up on today's show joining me today for today's episode of sexy marriage radio I am excited to welcome Peggy Ornstein, who is a, and you're a pretty prolific author. Uh, you've got you've got a lot out there uh, <laughs> that, that you've written, but your newest book uh, is entitled "Boys and Sex: Young Men on Hookups, Love, Porn, Consent, and Navigating the New Masculinity." But you also have a a, a subsequent work with girls in sex. Previous work, yeah. That was that was previous to this and. Yeah. You know, Peggy, thank you for joining me on the show today. And where I want to go is really just kind of unpacking both of those, what you've kind of discovered, because it seems like one led to another. For sure. And and what are some of the main things that jump out to you that kind of helped create (laughs) this process of of work for you? But also, what are the main things you've recognized from this process? Because as I've dove into your books and some of the different TED talk, the TED talk and some of the different things where you've been in the media. Um, 
man, there's a lot of good information that we need to get far and wide for people. So I don't even know where to start, I guess, is the way to start all of that, uh, other than the fact that everyone in the, in the SMR nation is either one or the other of what right. you've worked with. Well, and, you know, when you say, I don't know where to start, that's kind of where a lot of people feel with kids, right? Like, where do you start? How do you start talking about all these things? And because of that, we've kind of raised in the culture of silence. And regardless of your values around when you think a person should become engaged sexually, um, you want your young people to be set up to have the best possible experience and to have, you know, reciprocity, mutuality, connection. Right. Um, and everything in our culture for different ways with boys and with girls pushes them in the opposite direction. And that's fascinating to me is, is what it is. We all kind of say we want is not necessarily what we're the message we're delivering or for sure society has delivered. And I'm going to put it down to each individual is what makes up society. Right. And we, uh, we live in a culture that is absolutely drenched with sexualized messages, right? I mean, it is, there to sell whether you're trying to sell hamburgers or hit singles or whatever you know it's sex 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 sex. and yet we never have any substantive discussion about what really healthy positive connected joyful sexuality should and does look like and so kids are getting particularly today's media which is so much bigger than anything any of us grew up with Mm -hmm. they get so many messages beamed at them from both mainstream media and now um, online pornography every day about what sex should be and glorifying, you know, the physical, glorifying the disconnected. That when we're not talking to them about that, we're doing them a tremendous disservice. Absolutely. Okay. So let's let's do this then. So ladies first. Let's let's jump okay. into because obviously the messages in in the way they they impact either a girl or a boy is mm-hmm. different because a girl's journey is different than a boy's journey. Because yeah. uh, I, I, I take from your work, um, you don't necessarily fall in line with the androgynous. We're all going to be alike. I mean, we got a lot of similarities as, as humans, but culturally, biologically, you know, genetically, societally, there's a huge difference <laughs> between right. between a girl's experiences versus a, a boy's experiences. Yeah. So when you're yeah, talking about cool. girls and sex, what are some of the main things that are just a... We can't miss this, that we need to make sure we're delivering this message better because this is actually the message they might be getting. Well, girls are learning so much that, you know, that when I talk about the difference between girls and boys, what I say is that what girls learn is to be disconnected from their bodies and what boys learn is to be disconnected from their hearts. Okay. And so, so with girls, they, you know, today's girls, it's really easy to miss because young women today do feel, you know, much more entitlement, both you know, professionally, educationally, and also in terms of their right to be um, uh, sexual or mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to be seen. But but they don't necessarily feel entitled to enjoy it. So what girls would talk about all the time was, you know, having these sexual interactions or having these encounters, but they weren't, they, it was all about, you know, d- sort of satisfying their male partner. Mm-hmm. And they had very little understanding of what it meant for them. And so they would say things like, um, you know, and, and this, you know, bears out in research too. You see that, that women are much more likely, young women are much more likely to measure their satisfaction by the yardstick of their partner's pleasure. Right. So they say, if he's satisfied, then I'm satisfied. Right. Right. 
and guys will, you know, measure their satisfaction by their own orgasm. Right. So if I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied. Right. And, and the more I talked about, um, girls, I started feeling like, um, we do kind of the equivalent of, I I started calling it a psychological clitoridectomy. And I, what, what, and I heard you say that before, and I was hoping that this would work into our conversation <laughs> because <laughs> because it's a such a it's such a uh, descriptive and profoundly accurate yeah. statement of of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So what it, what I mean by that, and it's just it's you know, it, yeah. It, it, for me, it distilled a lot that um, when our kids are born, we tend to name all our baby boys body parts. So mm-hmm. we'll say like you know, at least like there's your PP, something like that. But with girls, we go right from navel to knees right. and we leave that whole like situation in the middle. Right. Unnamed. How do you make something unspeakable? You don't name it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then maybe they go into puberty classes and they learn that boys have ejaculation, erections and ejaculations and girls have periods and unwanted pregnancy. Right. You know, not the same. No. And you do, you know, you see that thing that looks like a steer's head and they're, you know, and then it like grays out between and you, they never say, vulva they certainly right. never say clitoris and then you know not surprisingly fewer than half of teenage girls have ever masturbated and then they go into a partnered experience and we somehow expect that they will believe it's about them and that they will have a voice and magically right. be able to express their wants and needs and right. it's like we it's, it's unrealistic right. absolutely because it's been it's been clouded in silence and yep. uncertainty or just the unspoken that Man, most of us as humans, I think, whenever we get into these areas, I mean, this is what we're facing right now with the pandemic going on in the world, is it's the uncertainty that's freaking most people out. Yeah. Because it's like, wait, I just want I just want something that I know. And when you add that to our sexuality, if there's stuff that I don't understand or is unknown, which some of it I, I'm going to put, Peggy, I, I'm assuming I can speak for you to a degree here, but I think there's an element of our sexuality that's always a little bit of a mystery. <laughs> for sure. Right? Because yeah. of, of who we are and the depth and the profoundness of everything. And discovery. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there is an element of that. But if I have this cloud of secrecy or silence, that, that then it seems like I'm going to immediately jump to the shame, the yeah. push it aside, make it about someone else. It's not about me. You know, that, that that's the message that I will buy, even if that's not what's intended from my caregivers, my culture, my society. Right. And it's super interesting because they've also found that when girls are more in touch with their own bodies and desires, that they actually are safer, that the only um, the only program that was, has been shown to reduce, um, although it shouldn't be up to girls not to be assaulted, but to reduce the um, risk of assault on college campuses um, found that when they added a unit on um, positive sexuality and girls understanding their bodies, that it reduced their rates of assault even further, like exponentially further. Because when you understand right. your own needs and wants, you see things more clearly, like something coming at you sooner. Like yeah, it, sure. you, instead of thinking, you know, gee, maybe it would be okay. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm wrong. You think, wait, no, uh-uh. And if you can get out, you get out. Right, because then it's it's immediately a more empowered stance of wait, yeah. I'm on equal footing, or at least closer to equal footing with what I'm yeah. seeking in this exchange interaction dynamic. That it's not just all about the other person. Yeah. So in so many ways, it's just you know, in in their in their relationships, in their positive relationships, and in potentially concerning situations, it's always better for girls to have full 
agency and understanding of their bodies. Oh, completely agree, especially since I've got a teenage one of those running around my home and the message I'm trying to deliver that we are trying to get across. Um, I, I, we might have may, maybe needed to have this conversation right at the very beginning, Peggy, but I think it's worth noting for the SMR Nation. Um, how did you find, because this is all, uh, I mean, journalism is a lot of what you've been doing, where it's just yeah, lots yeah. and lots of interviews, lots and lots of, of data that you're finding. But just so people understand where you're coming from right. with this, I think we've got to at least ins- insert that here of, yeah. of how do the two works come to that. be. I'm really glad you, I was just thinking, I didn't even say how I did this. Right. So, um, well, I started with the girl, I had been writing about girls for a long time and I started with the girl book and what my, I'm a journalist. So I combine, you know, all the sort of, you know, larger, deeper research that's out there that you with academia and stuff mm-hmm. and all that, you know, stuff. And then I, I also, um, do in-depth interviews, um, with hundreds of kids. Um, and so I talked to, um, for each book, uh, for the girl book about 75 and for the boy book over a hundred, um, young people that were between 15 and 22 who were in high school and college bound or in college. That was okay. my demographic. Um, and just had these wide ranging conversations with them. Uh, I, I really didn't have an agenda when yeah. I went in. I just sort of felt like when I started the girl book, um, I felt like there was something that nobody was writing about that we had written so much about girls and, and what, you know, how they were achieving and all these other things, but that nobody was writing about their intimate lives. And I just felt there was something there. Right. And so I just started going out and asking questions right. um, and just talking and talking and talking. And I went all over the country. So they're from big cities, small towns, um, all over, you know, all uh, regions, um, and uh, they are um, straight. They're they're gay. They're um, different ethnicities. This yeah. is the whole spectrum right. of of young people. And that's I, I love I love a journalistic uh, slant and take on things because you're just trying to get into it. Where what's the data show, right? What's what what's the story of people? What's what's their experiences? And let's let's make that be known. Um, yeah, and I'm a real believer that our story that stories really you know, connect with us more than numbers and understanding, hearing people's stories and hearing people's lives um, can be really transformational. And that's what I get. You know, one of the things that's been really gratifying about doing these books, which I wrote sort of, you know, my first audience was really thinking about adults and and parents, but um, I get so many emails and, you know, tweets and stuff from, from teenagers and young adults themselves. And that's, what's been Kind of the most and I want to go further into um, what are some of the main like what it. Let's get into a little more of the nuance of of the interviews and the data that you've got in the extended content uh, with you. So that's my little tease yeah. to everybody listening in the SMR Nation to hang in for the extended. If you've listened to SMR for any length of time, you've heard us talk about how marriages have struggles. Life actually has struggles, but you're not alone. If something is interfering with your well-being or preventing you from achieving your goals, help is available. I know without the help of a great therapist at several points throughout my life and my marriage, we would not be experiencing the life, marriage, and family we have today. This is where BetterHelp comes into play for you. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And in many cases, you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Although this is not a crisis line and it's not a self-help line, it is professional counseling done securely online. With a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, because this service is available for clients worldwide. 
You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You get timely, thoughtful responses, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's often more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash SMR. That's BetterHelp.com forward slash SMR and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This is actually one therapist recommending other therapists because finding the right professional to work with makes a great deal of difference. You get 10% off your first month. You just have to visit betterhelp.com forward slash SMR today. We want to take a moment to tell you about Beachbody On Demand. While we're all stuck at homes for a while, one way to avoid complacency and to stay healthy is to be active and moving. Work out and even taking classes in the comfort of your home with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody is the easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to over 1,300 effective workouts. It's suited for anybody at any time, and the secret to getting results is simply getting started. I am currently on week six of Lift 4, which is led by Joel Freeman, and I absolutely love the results I'm seeing so far. I love the results too, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been using Beachbody On Demand for several years now, and we love the direction, the encouragement, and support the service offers to help us move towards better health and fitness. That's right. We went through Insanity together just a couple of years ago. Uh, the workout, that is, again. Right. The workout. Exactly. <laughs> and I've jumped in and joined you when you've been going through some of the other programs that are offered on the platform. My favorite one is actually the one you're doing now, the Lift 4. Beachbody On Demand is the company behind P90X, Insanity, and the 21 Day Fix. Now check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like the Morning Meltdown 100 and the 80 Day Obsession and start every day strong. I think my favorite aspect of this platform is that they're constantly rolling out new workouts. But to me, Pam, the coolest thing is that they have this trend called the real-time workout. No more canned workouts where you find yourself watching the same video multiple times. Now the trainer and the group go through it with you. There's hundreds of effective workouts from all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio hit to yoga and even dance workouts. Workouts can be as short as 10 minutes, and some don't require extra equipment. So in the time it takes you to drive and park at the gym, you could be finished working out. You can access Beachbody anytime, anywhere via your computer, a web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku device. I mean, there's so many different ways. And this is one of the best deals in fitness. Listeners of Sexy Marriage Radio can try it for absolutely free. Right now, you get a special free trial membership when you text SMR to 303030. I've only got a few weeks left of Lift 4, and I want to challenge our SMR listeners to start a program with me. Join the platform, and then email us the workout that you want to do, and let's all get in shape together. As a special offer, right now our listeners get a special free trial membership, full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts, nutrition information, and support. Again, just text SMR to 303030. We can't see, wait to see your results as well. So I'm curious, before we switch to the boys, is there any other message that the girls have taken that has been their, you know, their journey, what you've discovered that, uh, because there is this, this, you're you're describing a disconnect between um, an experience, you know, their body and their sexuality. Right. Any other kind of things that were revelatory for you in, in that work? 
Well, you know, around all that. So what what replaces that is they start thinking that sexiness is the same as sexuality. And there's so much pressure from, you know, in the media for girls to present themselves as sexy all the time and think that that's, you know, that that's the thing, that that's what's going to give them power. That's what's going to give them. And so I would talk, you know, girls would say to me things like one girl um, showed me a picture of herself uh, going to a sorority, a frat party. And she was wearing, you know, what girls with the sky high heels and the crop top and the short skirt and the whole thing. And she said, I'm proud of my body and I never feel more liberated than when I'm wearing skimpy clothing. And I said, interesting. Okay, let's talk more about that. And about five minutes later, she said, well, you know, I wouldn't have worn that outfit a year earlier because I was 15 pounds heavier and some guy at the party might have called me the fat girl and that would have been bad for my mental health. And like setting aside for a minute why it's so toxic for girls to be called fat, why they're so afraid of that. Right. But the, um, you know, you have to ask who gets to be proud of which body under what circumstances and who decides and how empowering is that? Right. Who's the determinant of all of this? Yeah. And so, you know, talking to girls, I think, about those issues when they're sold this idea, because they're I think what's really different for this generation than previous generations was that they are sold self-objectification or, you know, putting themselves out there in this sexualized way as being the ultimate form of personal empowerment. And that's a real bait and switch for them because yeah. everything that we know about that is that it has a negative impact on them. Right. Everything about right. that. Um, on their mental health, on their cognition, on their, you know, like you name it. And even on their sex lives, girls who are, you know, more self-objectifying actually are less satisfied with their sex lives and are more likely to be, you know, constantly watching themselves from the outside when they're in a sexual encounter and rather than feeling embodied in it. So it's a total lie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and so that was a really big, you know, that was the other disconnect was between this idea of what it means to be embodied. Doesn't mean, you know, just showing off your body in this very narrow way that we call hot over and over and over and over again, or does it mean something about, you know, feeling really inside of your body and understanding again your wants and needs and limits. That's uh, man. We could keep going. I know there's so much <laughs> that you've got. No, it's done, right? Yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg. But uh, I want to switch gears and because the newest work you've got with the boys and sex. Yeah. Um, that what? Again, I don't even know where to start because there's so much that uh, the messages that are portrayed and even over the course of my lifetime in the last couple of you know a decade decade and a half of how that's even transitioned and shifted on men's experience and masculinity and and i just think of it you know having one of those creatures running around my home too as a teenager um there's a whole different journey he's on right now yeah so what are some of the things that this work discovered for you yeah, I mean, I have to tell you, I never imagined I'd write about boys. I'd been writing about girls for 25 years when I started in on the boy work. And I just sort of felt like I had to, I'd gone as, you know, like, you can only do so much with one half of the equation. <laughs> right. um, and the world had suddenly changed so much for boys um, with, you know, with, with the Me Too movement and with issues around consent and all of this kind of thing. So I really wanted to talk to them, too. And I think the biggest takeaway with the boys was um, and the biggest surprise for me was how much they wanted to talk. Okay. That they, I really was worried. One of the reasons I didn't want to do the book was that I thought, oh gosh, I'm going to go talk to teenage boys and I'm going to have whole transcripts that consist of, uh huh, nope, 
You know, like that would be it, you know? (laughs) And they, they really wanted to talk really seriously about, um, you know, about sex. They want to talk a lot about pornography. They want to talk a lot about emotion, which I was not prepared for. Okay. Um, and I think it's because nobody really does talk to boys and they're so rarely asked to have these conversations. They all would say, this is, nobody's ever talked to me like this. This is really interesting. And they would, um, and, and they were such insightful narrators of their lives. Like they were really reflective. Um, so that was, I think the, the biggest thing that I, that I carried through was that boys are, are not having the conversations that they need to have and that they want to have and that they're afraid to have. And, and I think about, you know, recently I was um, talking to a group of 15 year old boys and one of them said, I want to have those conversations like you're talking about and, you know, have that vulnerability and be able to share with other guys. But I'm afraid that even if what they do, if we can do that in the moment that, you know, a week from now, a month from now, they're going to turn around and use that against me and and use it as a weapon. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's That's heartbreaking. Absolutely. It is because you're talking about I'm if if I share who I am and that's the vulnerability work, you know, Brene Brown's, you know, kind of one of the leaders is, is the idea of, you know, I'm giving people ammo that they can use against me when I'm vulnerable. Exactly. And so, you know, that was what I, I really felt that at the heart, like I said at the beginning, that that, you know, it was it was more with boys. It was about sex for sure. And it was, you know, I talked about all those issues. But but at the core, there was that pressure to disconnect from their heart, disconnect from their emotions to be and to disconnect from vulnerability. Like you said, with Brene Brown, who's such a genius that when we you know, what she says is that vulnerability is the secret sauce for holding relationships together. Right. right. And when we disconnect boys from their capacity for vulnerability, we disconnect them from their capacity to have the kinds of relationships that we want them to be able to have. And that hurts them and that hurts their partners moving forward. Yeah, because this is what I'm hearing is is not only I mean, there's there's two sides to this equation, Peggy, that at least in my mind, there's this element of, OK, if, if we are parents listening to this as, as as members of the SMR nation, if you're a parent and you've got uh, one or both of these run, roaming around your home, what are the messages that are being delivered? How are you confronting things? How are you dealing with things? What are you modeling? All of that matters. But I also hear the other side of this equation of um, all of these young people are going to end up in relationships and learning yeah. is going to happen at some point because <laughs> yeah. because I just think of it. Uh, we've done shows in the past on Sexy Marriage Radio of the church's silence on this subject and how it impacts uh, couples who have done it right, quote unquote, religiously. And yeah. now, man, they've got these whole mountains of of things to deal with, to to confront, to you know, to just reprogram in some regards right. to, to find some freedom and some beauty and some sacredness in what our sexuality really is yeah. and, and the power that is inherent within it. So it's almost like, okay, at what point are we going to disrupt this? Because <laughs> it's right. going to happen at some point, it, you know, whether yeah. the world will do it or we get a chance to do it. Right. And I try really hard not to take a, you know, a stance on, on what is the appropriate context in which to be sexual because that's not my job. Right. But, but, you know, to describe what's going on out there. And obviously I do have, you know, it comes through pretty clearly that I have a bias towards connection and yeah. to believe that you know, that's what we want as people. And that's what, you know, what, what we're seeking and both our, you know, emotional and sexual intimacy. Um, but, uh, but again, you know, for boys in particular, everything in the culture pushes them the opposite way, whether it's 
mainstream media, whether it's, you know, the now the easy access porn, which is a one of the main things boys wanted to talk about was messages that they were getting from that and what was normal and what was okay and right. how, you know, how to navigate that whole piece of stuff coming at you. Um, so you found, so, so, so you found that what, what these boys, cause this is, you're talking teenage, young adult, right? This is kind of the yeah. same, same respondents in the sense of what you did with the girls. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Same okay. age. Yeah. So little, they were, they were a tiny bit older because the guys needed to be a little more older to have the conversation. Okay. That's fair. You know, that's for, well, yeah, because if you're talking about, I mean, I think of my experience, um, and this is what comes to my mind, Peggy is, um, I had a mom that uh, always wanted to know what was going on in my life, but the way she came about it, we had to navigate because she was. It was the peppering of questions, and as a, as a young boy, I was like, I don't, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh, I'm not answering those, you know. And so we finally, um, when I when I, this was probably high school, late high mm-hmm. school, when I had when yeah. my boundaries got a lot higher as far as where I could start going and had had more mobility, we came up with the mom when I come home. Give me 10 to 15 minutes. I'm going to find something to eat. I'm going to kind of get, you know, navigated into this environment and then mm-hmm. ask an open-ended question. And then let's just talk. I don't want 20 questions, right? That's uh-huh. that's where I feel like I'm now under the, I'm, I'm in the de- detective chair, right? right. <laughs> and, and you're trying to find something on me. And <laughs> I, I will share my life because at that point, you know, I, yeah, I've got nothing to hide in in large right. parts. Uh, but, but it was just that we had to navigate this. And I just think of, man, it's so difficult for my experience as a, as a, a boy becoming a man to just even understand the complexities of what do I feel? Yeah. How do I name this? How do I, uh, you know, because it, it's just, well, it's not so part of our dynamic. Because you don't learn that. And one of the, one, there's a piece of research that I love that talks about how, um, People, uh, there's a classic study where um, adults watch an, a video of an infant being startled by a jack-in-the-box. Okay. And if, if they are told in advance that the baby's a boy, they're much more likely to say that the emotion the baby's expressing is anger rather than anything else. And similarly, yep. mothers of infants talk much more emotionally, much more broadly yep. to their girls. The boys grow up in a, a constrained emotional environment. They don't learn how to name emotions and what they would say to me was that you learn as a boy to put up a wall between your true self and the world and the only things that are allowed on the other side of that wall are happiness and anger yep that's all that you get to show yeah and so that that makes it hard to have those conversations totally totally does and so i I, man again we could just we could do multiple shows on on this but it was interesting because of that as a woman doing this work i think i I worried about being a woman doing this work but in the end i felt like it was sort of an advantage because if boys are going to have those conversations they're going to have them with a woman not with another man yeah i can understand that because i think there is an element of um just receptiveness on and it's even that's a bias of right. like, you know, a woman's going to hear my story a whole lot more than if a man that was a researcher right. or interviewer and it's a coming potential in. issue in relationships. And I always say when I'm talking to mothers that you have to be careful when you, you know, because it feels so good to have your son confide in you. Yep. But if they learn that women are the ones who are supposed to do the emotional labor in a relationship, that's not going to serve them very well when they're adults. No. as A lot of us know. Right. So you have to, you know, balance that idea of, helping your son to, to confide, but also helping them to learn how to process their own emotions. Yeah. 
Okay, so Peggy, um, I want to, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just just for the sake of time, um, I, I want to give a chance for anybody that's heard heard what we've talked about thus far, how they can find you. But I also want to put a little marker in for anybody that's listening to the regular version uh, that it's going to be worth jumping into the extended version because you you've made a comment that I came across um, in prepping for this of some research that you found on on how. Um, talking to kids about sex from a Dutch culture oh, yeah. versus Americanized or more Western culture. And I want to unpack that some in the extended. So that's just because there's a huge difference. Great. Right. Yeah. And it's a great You're message. You're going to want to buy wooden shoes. Everybody's yeah. going to go buy wooden shoes and move to Holland. Yeah. <laughs> but tell people how they can find you so yeah. that they can learn more about just what you've discovered. Sure. Well, the books are Boys and Sex and Girls and Sex. Um, and you can also find me at my website, which is PeggyOrenstein.com, um, O-R-E-N-S-T-E-I. And, uh, and on that website, in addition to the books and other information, there's um, some resources for parents of um, boys and girls so that you can help break sounds and put together your own script of, and start thinking about how to talk further to your child. That is fantastic. Peggy, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for sharing it here today. This has been huge fun. Thank you so much, Corey. It's great to me to come across people that are in our world and within our society that are not only trying to be aware of what's going on in society, but also trying to use that information to steer it towards something a little bit better. Uh, To help. Yeah. To help um, just people in general, not keep it to themselves, but share it and, (laughs) Hey, how can we all well, be better and steer and, it better? And at its face, at its core value right there of a journalist that it, you know, to me, what I think of a real journalist is the same as a researcher of just, there's a curiosity of, I just want to understand. I just want to ask mm, questions yeah, and I just want to know more. And then I want to use that data for really good things that, and, and give it to the people. Because this is one of the things that we've tried to do here at Sexy Marriage Radio for all mm-hmm. the years we've been on the air is... I think one of the things I can speak for you here, Pam, is that what we want most is we want uh, our listeners in the SMR Nation to be informed. Yeah. I just want you to have good data to know what's going on and how it impacts you and and how you can then use that to help you and marriages across the globe and the kingdom and everything. Good data, good ways and perspectives to have on life um, and to keep just pushing yourself to be better and learn. Right. Right, Because the whole world that we live in, the society that we are all residing in, it impacts us whether we like it or not. Right. (laughs) There's influence upon us. And so the messages that we get, we can act like they don't impact us, but man, they really do. Yeah. And the more you can know that and the more you can uh, lean into it, confront it with truth, confront it with your real values, make make the better strategic moves for you and your marriage and your family, the better everybody Mm -hmm. is. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, let us know. 214-702-9565. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your week again to spend it with us. See you next time.